Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by StarCharge, the largest EV charging manufacturer in the world, and is also a provider of residential and commercial battery storage and microgrid solutions. And KimPower, the reliable, quick, and scalable EV charging solutions for everyone and everywhere. Hello and welcome back to the Out of Spec podcast. I'm your host, Francie, and here my team and I at Out of Spec like to cover all the electric news that's going on in the transportation industry, and there is plenty to talk about. Today, I am joined by my colleague, Max, who runs our Out of Spec Guide channel and who drives a Polestar 2, and the team from Nokian Tires in Finland, Teppo, Vice President of Quality and Sustainability, and Timu, VP of Innovations and Development. And we've worked with Nokian Tires before, have highlighted your work in the past, and of course, that's been great to see what you've been doing in this space. So we're here to talk about the world of tires, you know, as they're being made for electric vehicles and partnerships with electric vehicle brands and the whole industry-wide shift and or focus on climate change and lessening the impacts of this industry on our planet. So welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. You all, like I said, are calling in from Finland. So I appreciate you coordinating with us. I know it's not super easy. Of course, happy to be here. Thank you, nice to be here. Yes, it's nice so to great to meet as you as well. Yes, thanks, Max, of course. Um, and back in November of last year, it's 2024 already, your team at Nokian Tires announced that your organization had joined the Polestar Zero project, which aims to create a climate-neutral car by 2030 by eliminating all greenhouse gas emissions throughout the car's supply chain and manufacturing processes and end of life. And that is a, it's a big undertaking. I think when we hear these kind of, whether it's 100% or 50% in terms of turning the supply chain more green or climate neutral, we start to wonder how is that actually really possible? So can we start by maybe having you define what climate neutral means here for Nokia tires? 
Sure, maybe I can give an yes, overview of that. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, we have been focusing quite a long time to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions. And uh, of course, we started this work in, within our own company, company looking at our factory emissions. And uh, I would say that we have been quite uh, successful in that area. Uh, just in the last eight years, we have been able to reduce by 70% already our combined factory emissions in this area. And uh, the second key area has been like uh, looking at the products. And when looking at tires, one of the like a key uh, performance criteria is this uh, rolling resistance of tires. So how much tires are taking off the energy when the, they are rotating and uh, you're driving your vehicle. And we have been able to reduce the rolling resistance for quite many years already. That's been one of the key targets in the product development. But uh, uh, during the last like five years, we have been also focusing more and more in the supply chain to look at the raw materials and the transportation. And uh, now this Polestar uh, Zero project, that's, uh, as you mentioned, it's really ambitious target and that's covering all of this supply chain area also for our raw material suppliers and uh, all the logistics for the raw materials and tires. So that's very interesting and uh, inspiring cooperation for us also. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's it's a very complex, a lot of moving parts. So being able to work together with all the different materials that come into your process, I'm sure is a a, a big undertaking and a, and a project that takes a lot of time. So what was your draw to collaborate with Polestar on this project? How did that partnership come to be? Well, first of all, one thing that is, is, is being clear for us that uh, on the road to uh, being a truly sustainable company, it's, it's not something that, that we can do alone. But we need to find these kind of uh, uh, forward-looking partners who, who will embark on the journey with us and and. and Polestar and, and Polestar Zero project is, is truly one of uh, such kind of uh, uh, endeavors that we are happy to happy to uh, work with them. Um, and and um, um, when you think about uh, this kind of uh, really like sort of as, as Polestar well puts it, they call it a moonshot project. So it's something that is 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 really of uh, looking a bit beyond what's happening now, looking really on the on the edge of what can be done. And it's also quite far away. So we're talking about the goal of 2030 here and, and then having the truly uh, zero greenhouse gas emissions car. So so these kind of things, we, we need to be working together and, and uh, finding the um, starting from, from where it all begins. So when the material is, is created, when, when the iron ore is 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 um, mined and 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 when the rubber is 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 created and 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 so on and finding all the greenhouse gas sources from throughout throughout the um, manufacturing chain or the supply chain all the way to to the point when the when the tire is put onto the car and 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 given to the customer yes um Again, I'm just seeing that there's all these moving parts, so your team must be very dedicated to not missing a, a single step in the process if you're actually going to become climate neutral. So it's from the very origination of the resources that you use to build the tires to, of course, the whole process that goes into things. And I mean, I'm always 
conscientious of how I'm impacting the planet with my actions. Um, and sometimes it's easier to be less harsh on your environment than not. And I was thinking how much this would play into, you know, the brand identity of Nokian, but also of Polestar. So I'd love to bring in Max here to ask, like, how kind, how does this kind of initiative impact you as a Polestar owner and a driver? Yeah, so, you know, as a Polestar 2 owner, which in the U.S. makes me a little bit funky, I think in Finland that's, like, standard issue. If I apply for a passport, I get a Polestar 2. Uh, but I, you know, love my car, uh, love the brand, love Nokian tires as well. And it comes to mind that, you know, especially when you have a performance-oriented brand like Polestar, as Francie was saying, uh, typically that's somewhat counterfactual with sustainability. Now, of course, that doesn't have to be the case, but I'm thinking of like taking a track day with your vehicle, right? And burning through a set of tires entirely. I mean, that's just a huge use of resources. And obviously Nokian tires and the iconic winter tire is a bit of a different use case. But for a moonshot project like this, how does the brand identity and, you know, to maybe not use too corporate of a word, but synergy or like synthesis work to take Polestar and take Nokia and these respected performance brands in their own category and to put them in this context of like, we're going to not just make a like, you know, a moonshot of like the highest G-force or the highest grip, but we're going to work towards the most sustainable tire. How does that like shifting of priorities work? Because as I understand, tire design, just like car design, is full of compromises. So I'm sure that's really challenging, right? That's that's exactly true. Um, one thing how it how it is well shown well in our own development work. So so in tire development, we we talk about something called magic triangle, which which has three corners and 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 uh, one of them is is a uh, wet grip and and the other one is rolling resistance and and the third one is is wear or abrasion and and uh, that's something that usually guides the development work in, in in tires in general but but for some not time now we've all already expanded that from triangle to a a, a four cornered uh, uh, shape uh, where where sustainability is, is one key performance part of of the tire so it's not something that is can be separated from it but it's an integral part of it and and that's why uh, the performance and sustainability they go hand in hand already now in in our development activities i think that's a great question max because uh, of the point of compromises that if we're going to go climate neutral or even you know just take down to some percentage, the greenhouse gas emissions that are coming out as we manufacture these EVs that are, you know, framed as a more sustainable option or a higher performance option, how are we going to achieve this balance between the two? So I really appreciate that one. And I love... I'd love to continue kind of on with the technical terms and the technicalities of tire construction as well and speak to the significance of making tires for electric vehicles and the differences between, you know, the wear and tear that is typical for your internal combustion engine vehicles and the electric vehicles, especially for people who might not be familiar because we talk about the cost savings of EVs, but then there is a bit of a trade-over, like maybe your tires wear down sooner. So can you speak a little bit to your experience? Because EVs haven't always existed, so I'm sure you've also had to change your strategy and your design there to be a bit innovative for this new brand, this new kind of design of technology that's on the road. Um, sure, sure. At, at Nokia Tires, we've been designing and testing tires while keeping EVs in mind for, for more than 10 years already. 
uh, actually as far as back as, as 2014, as a result of, of our R&D work, we launched the world's first winter tire, which was designed specifically for, for EVs. And and that time it was a BMW that, that it was designed for. And, and um, at the time it was it was, it was world's first uh, winter tire for EVs, but it was also the first one with, with uh, A uh, rating in, in rolling resistance. So something that really shows us that, that, that uh, this is not something that we've just started, but, but we've been doing this already for a decade. Uh, and as a testament to that, we, we launched a, uh, a um, symbol called, called Electric Fit, a sort of stamp that we can put to our product, which shows to our customers that this product is truly fit for your, for your EV as well. It's, it's fit for your internal combustion engine car. Just to show that uh, uh, our product is is equally capable of handling the the demands from from EVs and 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 uh, ICS ICEs as well. I I see. So it, it is true to say that they're kind of different use cases that you have to consider and study separately. Am I right in that, Timu, or Tepo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To some extent, I mean, EVs are usually heavier than than uh, uh, internal combustion engine cars and and. As well, the the talk that you can get from from your wheels to tires, it's it's quite quite more much more instant than than with with traditional cars. But but that being said, it all comes down to your really robust structure of the tire, and and when you have really robust and and well designed product, it can handle those added added um, demands that that the EVs are put to to put to the product. So. We are in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a really good situation there. That's good. I, I have to think that if you're uh, considering a more climate neutral or sustainable option to manufacture these tires, and um, we've kind of spoken to this a bit, but is it actually changing the materials or the source of the materials that you're using? Is it carbon offsets that are more of the way that you're able to achieve uh Carbon climate neutral, not carbon neutral. Maybe they're one and the same. Um, but how exactly is that happening? And I'll start there. That question: Is it more of the carbon offsets, or is it really finding better sourced materials that have less of an impact, or the way that you're sourcing them along the supply chain lessens your impact? Yeah, here we have very clear, clear like a target. So we are focusing only into emission reductions throughout the supply chain. So this like offsets. Or compensation that's like a, the last last option to be used so so far we have been only focusing into emission reduction and elimination so the plan is not to use this and i think in this polestar project also the like playbook or the target is to use only really emission elimination mm. not mm. To any offsetting or compensations i i, I think that's Really interesting because you can, tip, companies can say, yeah, we are going all green and then it's all offsets. So I do appreciate actually going to the source because it, it's not easy. It's It takes a lot of work, but I think it would be such an interesting challenge to take on to say, this is where we're, we have these emissions and this is how we're going to tackle them. So I, I do appreciate that. It might be um, a little biased there, but I think that's that's very cool. And then it does remind me that another future goal of your company I was reading that you um, have announced is that Nokian Tires is set to open a zero carbon dioxide emission tire factory in Romania in 2024. It's 2024. Can you tell me a bit more about this? 
Yes, this is a very, very big like milestone, I would say, for the whole tire industry. So that's indeed we are building the factory. It's very well in schedule and it will be opened later this year. And indeed it will be the very first tire factory that's not causing any CO2 emissions in, the, in this operation. So all the energy we are using in the factory, it's uh, zero CO2 emission energy. energy. And uh, there are some technical new, I would say, innovations and solutions behind this, but it's like a fully fully possible in today's situation. Uh, we believe that this will be like a kind of benchmark for the many coming factories, not all, maybe not only in the tire industry, but also in some other automotive and other industry, industry companies. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I'm sure. Have you broken ground on this yet? I know you said it's possible in today's age, and we hear that a lot. It's possible to go there, but have have you made movement? Is it underway? Is it being built, or is it already built in your um, like retrofitting it? Yes, it's a whole greenfield building, totally new, and now the like body of the building is already ready. And uh, in fact, we started now in January the installations of the production machinery inside the factory. So it's. It will start uh, like test production uh, in the second half of this year and uh, able to start uh, commercial production in the beginning of 25. Interesting. Well, I would love to get over to Romania. I have to admit Welcome. that would be a <laughs> thank you. That would be a very, very cool project to see. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, I think it's... Max, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted okay. to jump in here and say I think it's wonderful on the production end of things between um, the facilities already in Finland and Romania and everything going on, working on uh, neutralizing that in terms of a climate perspective. But also I'm thinking of like the way tires, in particular Nokian tires and applications like this Polestar Zero moonshot might work. And I'm thinking of like, you know, 10 years ago, generally with electric vehicles, uh, we were thinking like BMW i3, Nissan Leaf, like bicycle size tire width. And now you were mentioning having clients like BMW, working with brands like Polestar, of course, there's much more of this aspect on performance, having, let's say, more traditional width, having studded tires, having a specifically EV-designed winter tire. So when it comes to those, you know, potentially, I, I would imagine, higher-impact tires used in those higher-performance applications, is there also consideration about the life cycle of the tire and how that's going to play out into the environmental angle here? Yeah, yeah, for sure there is. For sure there is. And, and, and um, 
but we call it is is abrasion or, or mileage. So so basically how how the tire is is wearing and and how long it can be used in in the application. And and this is one of the key uh, design parameters that we are we are using and and making sure that the uh, product is is withstanding the lifetime that uh, is designed to be. But it's a bit different when you think about winter tires. Since winter tires are usually driven on, on snow and ice. And, and snow and ice doesn't really wear down the tire that much. So, so usually with winter tires, it's, it's, it's not about uh, the, the tire wearing down, but it, it's down, but it's about the tire getting old and, and, and starting to sort of uh, lose its, its, its grip properties. And, and that's the perhaps a bit um, more important aspect when, when talking about winter tires. We can see that. And um, I feel like when, of course, there's a difference between the winter tires and the all season, the summer tires, and the materials that are going in. And when you're looking to, you're making sure that quality is not compromised, even as you go sustainable, correct? So when you're going to the point of the emissions and you're making decisions on whether to go kind of the way you've been going or take a new route based on your findings, have you found that there is much of a challenge to to prioritize sustainability and quality in the same vein, or is it Typically, there's a solution that you found. How, how challenging is that really? I'm trying to understand. Um, well, it's a bit of a challenge, to, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, when, when um, working with, with new materials, usually uh, uh, the, the production uh, process of such materials perhaps might not be um, well standardized or it's, it's not been working for so long, then the... the quality or, or even quality of the material that you get out of it might be a bit worrying in the beginning and then beginning and, and and that means that uh, we need to be careful and we need to be cautious of, of uh, when working with new materials that make sure that we test them uh, to the, the full extent and make sure that, that there are the quality aspects included as well and 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 we can get good quality material for for our products and 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 make sure that uh, they are the best possible for our customers then I, I am not surprised that uh, a Finnish company, from everything I know about, you know, just kind of the culture in that part of the world is that it is cons considerate about quality and sustainability. And uh, do you think that what Nokian Tires is doing here and the partnership with Polestar is going to be, I mean, are you looking to be an example of, of raising the status quo of how we can manufacture these kinds of tools that we use in our everyday lives in order to be adopted across the globe? Or do you think that it will take a bit longer to catch on in the industry that you can have sustainability and quality go hand in hand? Yeah, I would say that, uh, of course, these solutions that we are developing inside this project, we will use them for for wider range of products. And most likely when we are cooperating with uh, Tenso tens of different raw material suppliers and uh, other specialist companies and they are developing and they will get also a push from this project to develop their materials to new direction. I believe that it's helping the whole industry and also of course other companies. So that has a wider effect in that way. <laughs> That's what I would hope. But yeah. of course, they want to be the like forerunner here, and 
I think the yes. competitive or the, like you said, the forerunner angle is super interesting, right? Because obviously this is a challenge that the whole industry is addressing. And yet it seems like brands are um, going at it in different ways. Like within the car world, I would say Polestar is one of those leaders in having a lot of transparency about their manufacturing and about the carbon impact of their vehicles. Uh, I, You know, this, I'm sure it's a challenging business question here, but uh, to elaborate, like, is there a hope that the work that you do towards, you know, developing new compounds, developing higher or lower, I should say, rolling resistance and higher efficiency with the same quality and performance benchmarks, is that something that you're hoping to see just spread to the rest of the industry, your peers in the tire world, as well as, of course, lots of vehicle manufacturers? Like, how quickly do you think uh, it's conceivable to imagine like this 2030 target being something that's not just Nokian, but maybe universal across a lot of the industry? I, I truly feel that that uh, the tide is coming in this sense that uh, it, it's not a question about um, will you do it, but but you must do it to to stay afloat, so to speak. So so this kind of uh, focusing on on sustainability and environment, it's it's something that it's not a choice; it's a must. And and the ones who are in in, in the forefront, they can, can really um, also benefit from it. And and that that's that's our approach on on the topic. I I see. And I think about the collaboration that's going on be- behind the scenes, too. Of course, we have Tepo, you know, quality and sustainability and Timu innovations and development. And of course, those go hand in hand. Is that is ha- the collaboration of your departments, your teams, whatever it might be? How do, how do you two work together um, to I'm sure there's plenty of research and development, but do you find that one of you is holding? All right. These are the priorities we're meeting here and these are the priorities we're meeting here. And then our teams come to come together to achieve the same goal. How is the collaboration internally for this kind of project? I would say from my point of view, it's it's very good. And uh, we are like, like 100 percent aligned here. So there's no like competing interests. Exactly, exactly, and and also to elaborate that further, it's it's not only about our teams; it it requires all the other teams in the company, such as procurement and so on, to to be all going towards the same same goal here. And and of course, that's something that uh, we've been quite good good in the past, and and uh, we we are looking forward with it, and and it's looking good. Hmm. Yeah, I think that there's a, a tremendous amount of potential here to display a lot of. Um, firsts in this industry and this kind of approach that it it doesn't have to be carbon offsets. You can actually really achieve some amazing goals if you go to the source of what you're doing, especially to create lasting impact, that you can collaborate with other organizations. Of course, we see that across this industry, that collaboration is key. Sharing information is key. Sharing goals is key. But of course, that internal alignment as well is so essential to, I mean, just being able to prove that you can achieve these kinds of what people like to call lofty goals because it's not the way that our society has been running you know we're we're definitely taking a pivot to see okay we've been doing things along a certain way for a long time can we improve it oh yes we can so let's just see exactly how we can enact that in in our own company so i i'm really glad that we get to you know work and highlight nokian's nokian tires work and um of course look forward to that romania trip is there any other future plans that we haven't covered that nokian tires is um really looking forward to in the year of 2024 and beyond that you can speak to <laughs> yeah of course we can if we 
continue about this environmental topic. So we have made this uh, plan to be like net zero company in the latest 2050, most likely 2045 already. That's our aim. aim. And there's some roadmap. It's not only like a promise, but we we have a master plan how to do it. And mm. That's not a secret, but I think in demos areas, there are more secret plans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I'm, I can't disclose all of the all of the really really cool things that we are working on. But but one one big target that we have is is that uh, by 2030, all the materials that we get into the company are, are either renewable for, or or are recycled. So so that that means that uh, we are trying to find ways to. Uh, not use that that much of uh, fossil-based raw materials and and really really making sure that our uh, impact to the environment is as as small as possible. Mm. It's it's definitely a big challenge, um, especially the fact that you have to source from other, you know, partners or locations that you might have to, you know, change relationships or find better sources or maybe change help them change their how how they go about their operations so i can only imagine all the all the different conversations you're having i would love to hear about those secrets as well but i guess i might have to wait until they're public but i would love to um continue to speak with you all about your work uh, at nokian and really follow along because I, again like i've said i think there's great potential here to set the stage for what is possible in this industry uh, because i think there's a lot of naysayers and it's it is hard it's not easy work but there's ways to be innovative and creative in the ways that we are building from all the way from the ground the tires to to the sunroofs of the cars so thank you i really appreciate your time tepo and timu and of course max for coming on max do you have any last questions for the team uh, no, I just wanted to, one, uh, give you a shout out, Francie, for all the great work you're doing, uh, but also both to you, Tepo and Timu, uh, and the whole you know teams at Nokian for this kind of initiative. I think this as a nerd, but also like a performance and car person just fascinates me, these kinds of halo projects, like I'm thinking uh, elsewhere in the industry, like the Mercedes EQXX or other focuses on like, let's take this new benchmark of like efficiency or sustainability and try to optimize for that. So I'm just super eager to see how these secrets, I guess, play out from go working on a Halo project and what's kind of the showpiece into uh, things that will affect the consumer and hopefully make a big impact on the environment. Because it's really not trivial when we consider tires as a whole with how they impact cars, be they ice or electric. So I'm so glad that uh, there are much brighter minds than me working on this issue. And so I just wanted to give my appreciation to uh, your teams on that uh, for working on that. Thanks, Max. Max, much appreciated, and and thanks for for both of you. This this has been a pleasure. This is definitely. Thank you, Max. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And um, audience, if you have any questions, make sure to reach out to us in the comments, and we will try to get answers from the Nokian Tires team. I think this is yeah a really interesting conversation that will continue in this space, and we'll we'll just see how the success unfolds, which I'm sure we will see, and how it will potentially be adopted across different industries, not just not just one, but um, also diff across borders. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you also. I know that y'all mentioned you might be tuning into Out of Specs sometimes, which we love. So definitely let us know, you know, what you like that we're covering and we'll make sure to give you a shout out here and there. So thank you everyone for tuning into the Out of Spec podcast. We will see you next time on the next episode. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.